Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astro! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H Town Hardball. And we're back here on Go, Go Astros. We've got Brian. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. I'm good. It is actually a fall spring today here in New Jersey, so I get to wear shorts for one day this month. It's 40 degrees here, so... Um, and then Andy's apparently in a dollhouse. How are you, Andy? Well, it was 80 here this weekend since we're doing old man things. Let's all talk about the weather. It's 80 talk here about this weekend. It's 50 right now. I, I, I will. I, I'm going to be an old man about it because I do feel like uh, baseball fandom. Uh, and again, I know Twitter um, has really getting to be divided on generational lines. And I'm super tired of hearing baseball fans that are 20 years younger than me talk about how the hitters today are better than any other hitter that's ever lived. And then also get supremely offended when you suggest that they learn to hit against the shift. That's a thing that happened in baseball up until the last 15 years. And now all of a sudden it's impossible to think about. Uh, This of course goes back to the leak that um, banning of the shift has at least been agreed to by the owners in the union. Brian, am I wrong to be old like that or what? Um, well, first of all, when it comes to being old, we have no choice. So it certainly beats the alternative. Time is undefeated. I was undefeated. And, you know, I, I wonder how much of our perspective on, you know, the shift is our team adapted the shift before just about anybody else and had a ton of success with it. So I know they want to ban the shift and my sort of adjustment is it's like, you're telling me my team has to be less efficient and less smart because, well, it aesthetically doesn't doesn't look good. Andy? Well, I think, first of all, we need to understand what agreed to um, let go of the shift means because uh, Heyman, uh, John Heyman is the person who uh, first reported that, and John Heyman is pretty much a known shill for the owners group uh, during this uh, round of negotiations. True. So what has happened is that the players gave something in a broad proposal that the owners had already asked for. And the owners told Heyman, say, hey, they agreed to it, which means if the broad proposal that they gave yesterday isn't accepted, which it won't be, spoiler alert, uh, and the owners come back and the players come back and say, well, now we're not going to give up the shift. They're going to say, oh, look, the players are being difficult and it's all uh, owners are trying to get games in the field and take care of the fans is just those mean old players. Um, but looking at Twitter and knowing that uh, the generational divide is real and strong, I'm OK with them being upset and pissed off because it just it, they. I think it's the I think we all, probably all did the same thing in youth. But one of my favorite arguments is that. Well, there's no way the players today with the training regimens they have and the advanced analytics would have to, um, Babe Ruth couldn't play in today's game. Babe Ruth would have the same analytics and the same training opportunities, and he would still have the most superior collection of hand-eye coordination ever known to baseball, which was the real strength, right? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but but again, it's that sort of- His drugs would have been better. (laughs) I mean, really, he had great he did it power all- before he had great power before anyone knew that there was a weight to lift. So, yep. yeah, I still think he'd have great power today. And yeah, be- have, him, have him focus on launch angle. See how that would work. Yeah. Well, and I and, first and to do that- it actually is to focus on launch angle is to say no one taught me how to hit. So I'm just going to hit the ball as hard as I can. And 
actually, that turned out to be a better way to play baseball than, you know, <laughs> we really cue them. Well, and I, you know, we also have to remember that he did all of that on, uh, on beer and hot dogs. Like what if, what if he had. Oh, and amphetamines. Uh, and a diet. What if he had a dietitian? What if he, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, you know, one of the things I love about baseball so much is it's sort of having one foot in the past and one foot in the future. And it seems like we're getting to a generation of baseball fans who's ready to throw the, the past out with, uh, with the like the baby with the bathwater, and for me, I, I get it that I sound like the old man yelling at a cloud. I understand that, but I don't think that makes me wrong. I think the bigger thing. So, when Andy did a good job of sort of highlighting that the proposal is not agreed to or anywhere close to it, and seems a step in a process, and they're not going to do this in 2022. I think it would be first eligible to be changed if Rob Manfred wants it in 2023. I believe that's what the uh, player's proposal is. I think the bigger thing in there is that there'll be a pitch clock. And I think that's the bigger thing. And there are a couple of effects on a pitch clock. One is, hey, it takes too long between pitches. And when people are just standing there not playing baseball, I don't get to be old school or young school or whatever school. That's just no action school, right? None of us like that. Two is, there could be pace, there could be more action result of this. One reason why players are taking longer between, one reason why pitchers are taking longer between pitches, particularly relievers, is, hey, I'm trying to get myself recovered so I can throw another high-velocity pitch at 98% of what I could possibly throw, and velocity has greatly increased. Heck, I saw someone, um, I saw a tweet where someone had the uh, velocity of the BYU bullpen. Um, they're BYU pitchers this week, and they had, uh, I think, five pitchers throwing 95 or higher. It's the special underwear. It, That's two miles that, an hour velo and a little yeah. bit more drop. I don't care. I'm not, gonna, I'm not worried about offending Mormons. That, that's fair enough. And uh, probably have zero. I know, my point here, right, is what like, their wives? BYU is a good baseball program and has produced some players. It's not Texas, number one in the country. And congratulations on your win over UT, over LSU, excuse me. Uh, in Houston this weekend. It's not LSU. It's not uh, UCLA. It's not one of the top handful of programs. And they got all these guys who can throw hard. It's part of the broader trend of the game. And maybe this will be maybe a little bit of a restrictor plate on that to use an NASCAR analogy. But doesn't it seem like it's counterintuitive to shortening games? So my suspicion would be, and I have no stats to back this up, is that if you're going to put a pitch clock in and pitch, I think it said 14 seconds is going to be the recommendation. So to your point, 14 seconds, really? Because I think it's 20 in the minors. Yeah, 14 is what the current proposal is. So you're going to have pitchers who aren't necessarily ready to throw that quickly. It's not going to affect Jose Arquiti. He works fast. It is going to affect Framber Valdez, for instance, who is a slow worker. Um, so he's probably not going to throw his best pitch, certainly not going to throw as hard as long as he possibly could, which means batters are going to hit, get better looks at him at slower speeds, which means more base runners potentially. And then you talk about increasing the size of the bases, all the things they're doing, proposing that the players have agreed to this weekend is going to increase offense, which increases length of play, which is supposedly the big issue which I don't know. It seems really counterintuitive to me. I think, I think they're using the wrong phraseology, right? Like I don't think that they they're worried about the end run time of a baseball game so much as the action within that baseball game. I, so I think when they talk about runtime of the game, they're actually incorrect. 
but to yeah. me, the big, the big complaint is that you start a baseball game at 7.05, it doesn't end till 10.30. It used to be 9.30 in our lifetime. So I'm not talking Of course, we're about, not going to acknowledge the twice as long commercial breaks that also feed into that. But. Or, you know, during the playoffs where they add another 40 seconds per break. But, but the biggest reason for the change is the amount of time between pitches. All those other things matter too. And, you know, I'd love, we'd all love less commercials everywhere except the Super Bowl for some reason. We'd all love less commercials, but, um, you know, it's a pace of play issue. And, you know, the other thing here is, right, the, the goal of the bigger basis is to encourage more steals. And, you know, we're all children of the 80s and, you know, watching guys on AstroTurf try to steal uh, 50 bases a year, even if they got thrown out 30 times. Salute to Omar Moreno, former Astros legend. Um, you know, was a very exciting brand of baseball and more steals would be, you know, a more fun thing to do. So again, some of this is hopefully finding the right balance between all of these things. Ryan just took me back to my childhood because I was very excited when the Astros signed Omar Moreno. I did not realize we were not getting the Pirates version of Omar Moreno. <laughs> And we didn't realize that on-base percentage was a stat at the time. And right. apparently the Astros front office didn't either. I'm, I'm okay. It's what's weird is, is I'm not okay with banning the shift because again, to Brian's point, um, we need to level the playing field for dumb teams. And I do think that people used to hit to all fields when we were kids. I'm okay with the, with the, with the base, with, with the bases being bigger. That seems like a natural sport, lots of natural change. Lots of sports might've changed, you know, you know, the mound used to be one height and then it was another and, and all this stuff. Um, but so I'm, I'm strangely okay with the larger bases. And I, so I get, it makes me inconsistent. No, I don't think it does. I don't, I, I don't have a problem with more runs. I don't have a problem with more offense. I don't have a problem with more action. I just wish that everything that's being proposed and agreed upon made sense in the context of what they're saying is important. Oh, absolutely. What they're yeah. saying is important. Isn't jibing with what they're trying to get done. And I think I agree that size of bases, not having a pitch clock until at least 2024, or um, excuse me, not having a robo umps until at least 2024, having a pitch clock at 14 seconds is all sideshow to we can't talk about the CBA or the, the CBT piece of this because we aren't making any traction at all. So here's some stuff for you guys to talk about. Well, that is, I mean, that is correct. Like all this stuff doesn't matter. Um, I, I worry about the pitch clock for veterans because, you know, Verlander actually had a quote about it a couple of years ago about the pitch count would, would signal his retirement because he's not going to throw his shoulder out trying to pitch faster than he normally. And I can't remember if Verlander works particularly slow or not, but. I think he's about normal, but I think that's another big issue. If you've got somebody coming off Tommy John surgery, they may need three more seconds to throw an effective pitch. Yeah. And if they're having to rush things, it's going to screw up people's mechanics, which screws up pitchers. Pitchers and mechanics have to work. I mean, their mechanics don't work. They, they can't throw. It's also a question of enforcement. And will the umpires be, you know, how close are they willing to enforce this? You know, there'll be a massive blow up the first time that you know, sure. they call a ball on Justin Verlander or some other pitcher and they start going ballistic on an umpire. And we're all going to see the tweets of, I thought this was supposed to uh, reduce the, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. If you're if you're an umpire, are you going to really yell at Max Scherzer to hurry up? I wouldn't yell at Max up. Scherzer for anything, and 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 I'm assuming part of the player strategy is just to have Max Scherzer in the negotiation, staring at the owners. And uh, 
That's probably you got to keep going to give them all that money. I do have to make a today, correction though, and it's a today. fifteen. Uh, it's a fifteen second um, pitch clock in Double A AA and Triple A when there's no one on base, and it's twenty seconds when there are runners on. Correction. All right. Um, I want to deal with another um, baseball writer and and something that was said last night. And I will caveat this by saying he is from ESPN, who has not done a really good job of covering baseball. Well, in a really, really, really long time, probably since Joe Morgan left the booth. He was on ESPN, right, Joe Morgan? Yes, he was. And John Miller. Yeah. Um, It is becoming increasingly apparent that we may not have a Major League Baseball season in 2022. Both sides believe they have made significant concessions to 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 the other. Each side points to the others having not done nearly enough. As has been reporting, the word of the day is deadlock. Andy, how are you can feeling ask, about that? Can I ask that we add in a uh, gif of CP- C-3PO yelling, doom, doom, doom? We're doomed. I- I'm going to take ESPN crying about this for clicks about as seriously as I'm going to take um, us all thinking there was going to be an agreement last Monday because the owner said there was going to be. It- it's all theater at this point. Um, and, and typically these things, and I'm trying to think back to 1995, these things feel like they're never going to work out. And then all of a sudden they work out. Uh, eventually it is going to behoove both parties to play games. Now, do they give up an entire season to get to that point? I don't know. I, I'm still sticking with my July timeframe, um, but it, it's, it's really hard to say. I, I, you know, not, I'm not optimistic or pessimistic, just realistic. It, they've got a lot of things to work out and the CBT being the big piece of that. If you're starting to see divisions in the owner's ranks, that makes it even more difficult to come to a consensus because now you're going to have three potential parties that you're managing. Yeah. Uh, if we take, you know, Andy gives us good reasons why we should have some skepticism over what um, Mr. Ravage said here, but if we take it, Serious that he meant it seriously. It is essentially being a pessimist is essentially seeing the worst case, the worst case scenario and assuming that current trends will never move. Fangrass did an analysis last week. It tracks with uh, something Joe Sheehan wrote last Tuesday, which is that the difference between the two sides is right about $200 million, which is a lot of money. If someone handed it to uh, us, I'd be happy to share it with others. You know, I'd be happy to split it with you all because we'd all be pretty well off. But in the context of a $10 billion industry, $200 million is 2%. And so it leads to the question of how long are the owners, and frankly, how long are the players willing to forgo, in the case of the owners, the $10 billion, in the case of the players, um, you know, 400 to 500 million, whatever they're sort of, uh, or four, four to five billion, excuse me, whatever their salary is to that. And the answer to that is not all the way to October. Now, is it April 15th or May 15th or July, or we'll start again on August 1st, like we did in 2000 or in 2020? Yeah, it's, it's certainly not as soon as we'd like. And it certainly, you know, seems a lot of trouble for 2% of your revenue. But the one thing that's better about this this labor stoppage than 94 is that it's going to take out April and May, not September and October. Andy, if we uh, like at what point can we start the season where it doesn't feel like a Mickey Mouse season to you? Or are we already at that point? Um, no, we're not at that point, uh, because realistically, if they came to an agreement this week, you could 
not start on time, but you could certainly play 162 with very little mechanation. Um, you play a couple of double headers and you fix that. Uh, I, I think if you don't have games by the end of May, that's where it starts becoming a suspect. And it, it's not just Astros fans that cry about the Dodgers 60 game World Series championship season. Um, but that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a team that's hot for a relatively short amount of time win the playoffs and win a world series. And you start to question the legitimacy of the sport, especially if it's not a big market team, because then the Yankees fans and the Dodgers fans stop paying attention. If the twins get hot at the right time and win a championship, is anybody else would have a heart attack? Yeah. But would anybody even notice? Right. What about you, Brian? Like when, when does it start to feel Mickey mouse for you? Um, I would like there to be at least 144 games. So I'm a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, earlier on that than Andy. But, you know, if there's a 120 game season, that's close to good enough. Anything less than that starts getting down to where, you know, the thing about baseball is that, you know, every, you know, every individual game isn't a real good test of who's a better team. The longer you, the longer uh, the longer the season is, the more it goes to who the true who the true winner is. So I hope we get something more than 120 games. Sorry, go right ahead. On, and I don't know if this is something you're about to bring up, Jim, but Jim Bowden over the weekend also shilling for owners as a member of the media. Does um, he know he no longer they- works for the owners? I, I have no idea because I think he's still auditioning for a job, but he's been telling people all weekend that most fans, most meaning 51%, at least by definition, want a 140 game season with expanded playoffs. Have you ever talked to anybody that wants a 140 game season or expanded playoffs? I mean, honestly, um, no, I've never, I, I, I've, I've heard some people argue for like 155. I've never seen anybody argue for 140, and I've never seen anybody. Every time there's a leak about 12 or 14 playoffs, the the re, the majority of the reaction is incredibly negative. Yeah, I mean it's just weird. And, and knowing Bowden's history, that's also coming from the owners. And I'm wondering if that's like the mark where TV contracts start becoming in jeopardy, and they start really losing that money. There was reporting from Ken Rosenthal uh, last week that. The owners don't have to rebate um, their uh, local TV contracts until something like 25 to 30 games are missed. It's different. Okay. It's not the same for every team, but they don't have to write a okay. check every day that there's a game not being played. Um, so that's probably part of the calculation for a lot of owners is that if we lose April, I don't really have to give up a lot of money. And that's my low attendance part here. Now, it raises the question of why other owners for example, the owner of the American League championship champion team who'd like to have, you know, who'd like to have, say, some ring ceremonies and uh, banner nights uh, at his ballpark. Shouldn't he be pushing to uh, in this sooner rather than later so that he can make some more money? Yeah, it's just interesting. And I think the thing that irked me about it most, besides the fact that Jim Bowden saying it, is just this most fans concept. I have yep. yet to meet a person, even on Twitter, that's like, oh, yeah, fewer baseball games is good. I like fewer, less, less games. I love the, I, 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 I should have less of this thing I love. I suspect if you ask the average fan, they've never thought about it. 
that's it's 162 because yeah. it's 162 and it used to be 154 because it's 154 and there's probably not a lot of like detailed thought about you know what's the ideal number of baseball games but yeah no one's you know would you like to have less of this would you like to have a month less of the thing you enjoy the answer to that is probably no and expanded playoffs again yeah we know the reason for that is that so there'd be more games, high stakes games that can be put on, uh, you know, on the ESPN is going to pay a hundred million dollars for the expanded playoffs. If they go to the full 14 teams and the proposal, the owners have wanted, but it devalues heavily the regular season. Yeah. And because the playoffs are a crapshoot, it means we're more likely to end up with, you know, Braves the champions, and the way the, the, the MLB playoffs work, they're a great way to determine who the champion is. But the Braves won 88 uh, wins last season. They were they had less wins than the Mariners who and the Blue Jays who didn't make the playoffs. And they got hot at the right time, part because they've got you know, a really good pitching staff and a deep pitching staff, but part of it is they got, as we unfortunately know too well, Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario had the best month of their life, and it happened to be in October. And had they not got it traded to the Braves and stuck with their original teams, they would have, you know, I guess had a really great October playing beer league softball. Well, it just goes back to proof. We, we need to avoid the NL East as much as possible. Bring some central teams the next time we make the World Series. Yeah. Brewers World Series 2022. I'm down, Andy. Let's, let's do it. I do wonder why we're not blaming the Astros for the slow start, because it does seem like the last two times they've won the American League, the next season has started late. So you're blaming the Astros for COVID? Yeah, I don't okay, know. Cool. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. It's fine. Why not? I'm sure somebody else is too. It's a hot take, I guess. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 what's funny is where I'm falling into this is I'm starting to not care. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm like, I'm starting to get so – I'm not getting mad about it anymore and I'm not getting worried about it anymore. I'm kind of just like, obviously I'm pro player, but I, but there is this part of me that realized that whatever concessions the owners make to pay, to pay more money, they're not actually going to be doing it. We are through higher ticket prices, higher stuff. The, I saw a tweet the other day that the way to make baseball a good sport again is to have $10 tickets and $5 parking and let kids actually be able to go again. And I think it just goes to what Andy's point has been on both of our shows, Andy, that this is no longer a game for us. No, it's largely not. And I, you know, all three of us are blessed in our, in our own ways to be able to afford the occasional game. But, uh, you know, I look at season ticket packages every now and then just wistfully. And it's like, do I send my kid to Catholic school or do I get a mini season ticket package? Cause it's about the same. And a mini season ticket package in Houston, and I know it's different in different markets. It's a it's a nice a small Japanese sedan. I mean that's that's the cost, and it's um, you know it's not doable for something that you know to quote one of Jim's favorite movies doesn't really love you back. Yeah, Brian, what do you think? I mean, where are yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, some of this is adulthood, right? That you know. We fell in love with this game as kids, and it engages us both emotionally and intellectually. 
But in reality, it is a business. And if you read enough, if you read Lord of the Realm, uh, Lord of the Realm, uh, Realms, great book by John Hellyer, which I recommend to everybody, it's always been a business. And this isn't, um, this part isn't new. Part of what's the case right now is that the business side of it is the only story in baseball. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to be, I'd love to be doing a podcast right now about, Hey, is Justin Verlander going to pitch in one of these games? How's he looking coming back here? Right. And what are we going to get from Justin Verlander this year? Is Jeremy Pena going to take over at shortstop? Is he going to be someone who, you know, can be a regular for the, this? This would be great stuff to talk about where, you know, you know, are they going to pick up another arm for the bullpen? We can't talk about that right now because it's the same exact story that it's been since December 1st on anything on the field. Right. Our story right now is about the business of baseball and regardless of what side you're on you know, whether you're have a, have a side between the owners and the players and whether you whether you have a side between i'm okay with them this continuing or i want it to end as soon as possible which i think are the two major divides with the second one being more important that's the story right now that's all we can talk about and that's not the story any of us want to tell about baseball or talk about no i would love to be breaking down spring training games that we watched on you know well, and, and I mean, for me at this point, I'm not, not, I'm not to the point of not caring, but I'm just as happy to know that professional baseball starts April 5th, so five weeks from today. Um, I'm excited to find out what Corey Lee can do at AAA. I'm excited to do, find out if Hunter Brown is for real and can get some control over his pitches, because that's what we're going to get to look at for at least a month, maybe two, maybe three. Um, and Okay. That's affordable. Even with $4 a gallon gas, I can get to Sugarland and watch those games. I can make a drive to Corpus or to Round Rock or to Frisco locally here and see um, good competitive baseball. Not to mention University of Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, all within a day trip. Of a a reasonable car. drive, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, and that's where it is. Now, we will be off next week because it's Jim's spring break, and Jessica has plans. It's my birthday week next week. Woo-hoo. I'm excited, um, but we will be back. We just, and- just say this, Jim, enjoy your spring break, and this is true for sort of any teacher out there. This has been a hard couple of years on teachers in particular, so it's a well-deserved spring break, Jim. You enjoy it as with the rest of your staff there. Cool. And- and you as well, when you get yours, it has been, uh, I, I, I have, I was thinking about it and I've got a, a first year head of school who I think is an amazing boss. And I think what a year we have had at this institution to be here for her first year. So she needs it more than anyone. Uh, thanks guys so much. Uh, let's go Strohs. Let's go Strohs and uh, go, go negotiators. Go somewhere Strohs. <laughs>